Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Well, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Come on, let's stand on our feet, those of us that are here and you at home if you can, and let's just thank God for his goodness and his mercy that's new every morning. Great is our God's faithfulness. Well, God bless you. Listen, text someone, call them, email them, tell them it's time for the word. They forgot. Time slipped away, but they got time right now to tune in to get this word that's going to bless their lives. We're going to continue our teaching on we, the body of Christ. And tonight, do a little recap because it's so good. And then we'll get in some new things that are going to bless your life. All right. So get your Bible or your electronic device and turn to Matthew's gospel, chapter 12 and verse number 25. We're picking up where we left off Sunday. That word was so good to me Sunday. I just, I just, I just thank God. I just was overwhelmed myself. All right, Matthew 12, 25. Let's read that out loud together. Ready, begin. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, by the precious power of your Holy Spirit, meet us here tonight. Meet your people wherever they tune in, whenever they tune in, and give us revelation, inspiration, that we might know in this last and evil days how to walk this earth as the body of Christ, girded with power and authority, that your name can be glorified through everything we say and do. Anoint the teacher, anoint the ears of your students, anoint their hearts to receive so you can get the precious fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, bless you. Those of you that are here may be seated. So, again, just a brief recap of some very important parts of Sunday's message, part two. Uh, we talked about how violent being divided against itself can be, how violent that thought, the concept of being divided against ourselves can be being divided against itself, a, a, a house, a family uh, divided against itself. There's abuse going on. There's anger. There's frustration. There's harm. There's injury when uh, a husband, wife, children are divided against themselves. It's the same way in a city. It's the same way in a nation. It's the same way in the church if we allow the devil to get in what we're doing and cause us to be divided against ourselves. So being divided against ourselves, again, just recapping, is using our gifts and anointings against one another instead of using the anointing and the gifts God gave us to build each other up. I'm going to say it again. When the enemy gets in a congregation, the congregation will use their gifts and their anointing against each other to tear each other down rather than to build each other up and help each other. 
Got to be careful that we don't use our gifts, the grace gifts of God to attack each other and use them to hurt one another when God gave them to us to build each other up, to build up the church. Galatians 5, 14, 15. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. Paul says, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Thou shalt love thy neighbor (laughs) as thyself. Verse 15 says, but if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This is what Paul is talking about. If we get divided against ourselves, we'll start biting and devouring one another. Instead of building each other up, we begin to devour and destroy and ruin one another. Uh, this, can't, this should not happen. This, these things need to be talked about. It's, 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 it just needs to be talked about. It, it, too much of it's happening in the church. It's been happening for, for a long time, but we, we're in the last of the last days. And we need to understand more than ever what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. Again, I'm going to say it again. We can't become church membership minded and not be body of Christ member minded. It's more important that we are a part of the body of Christ, universal, and understand what that means than to fight over being a member of a church. So Paul says, for all the law is fulfilled in this that we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves. What does that mean? Hmm. I may have to, yeah, I'll say it again, but let me say it right now. There's two types of love examples that are given to us in Scripture. The one of them is right here, loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. The other one is loving one another as brother and sister. In the body of Christ, that's your brother, that's your sister. All right, there's a difference between a neighbor and a brother. The word neighbor here means loving the person that's near you. Your neighbor is the person that's near you at any given time. So so your neighbor that you live next to, he's or she or they are your neighbors. But when you get on the train and you sit next to somebody, they become your neighbor. You got to treat them like you would want to be treated. When you're in the when you're in the in the grocery store line, the person in front of you and behind you becomes your neighbor. They're near you. We, 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 we can't mistreat people that are near us, even if we don't know them. Because this is the love of God manifesting through his body. So then Paul goes on to say in verse 15. But if we bite and devour one another, he's painting a picture. Uh, You know, I say this all the time. You know, I love watching nature, National Geographic. If you've ever seen lions or hyenas when they're feeding, they bite and rip the carcass and get the peace for themselves and sometimes run off. (laughs) They're going to get theirs and you hope you get yours. But all the while, they're ripping the carcass apart. They're ripping their prey apart. They're ripping apart what they're eating. This is what 
the word picture. This is the this is the image that Paul wants his wants the church to get. He wants us to get. In other words, sheep don't act like wolves. Wolves bite and pull parts of the carcass away. Sheep don't eat like that. Sheep don't act like that. We don't come to church and tear each other up with our mouths. We don't go home and tear one another up after. Did you see what she was wearing? Oh, my God. Sheep don't act like wolves, lions or dogs. If you've watched, again, these type of animals feed, they will attack each other to get the food they want. We don't do that in the church. This is what Paul is saying. We don't use our prophetic gift to prophesy people out of the church. (laughs) We use our prophetic gift to build people up and make the church stronger. So if someone comes to you and hmm, you may be questioning whether they have a prophetic gift, if if their gift and their prophecy doesn't build you up, they may not be a part of the body of Christ or they may be misinformed. You may have to help them and say, well, you know, you might need to go back to the scripture because prophecy is for edification, exhortation and comfort. And what you just said to me didn't do any one of those to me. One day. An expert in the law, of Moses, asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment of all in Mark, chapter 12, verses 30 and 31? And Jesus answered, he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Verse 31. The second is like unto it, namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is no other commandment greater than this. Again, the neighbor is the one that's close to us at any given time. Anyone that's in your vicinity, anyone that's in your sphere of influence, you and I, we have to love them like we would love ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, again, we said this Sunday, why when the man asked Jesus what the greatest commandment of all was, why did Jesus give him the second? Because you can't do the first without doing the second. We can't love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength and then turn around and hate our brother or our sister. We cannot do that. <laughs> John, 1 John 4, 20, we talked about this. The person who says they love God and hates their brother is a liar. So you can't, we can't love God, worship God, sing to God, dance before God, cry in his presence, and then be mean at other people. Short with other people. This is what John is saying. This is what Paul is saying. This is what God is saying through his servants. The person, again, 1 John 4, 20, the person who says they love God and hates his brother is a liar. I didn't say that. The Bible said it. I'm just repeating what the scripture says. If you don't love, that word love there means to build up. Write it down. If we don't build one another up, we don't love each other. And certainly if we don't build each other up, we are at risk of tearing each other down. This is a tactic of the enemy. He's used COVID in this pandemic to separate us so it's easy to tear each other down. I guarantee you people that still go to church don't run the church down. 
But the people that don't go have a more of a tendency to run the church down because you got to give yourself an excuse for not coming. Paul goes, excuse me, John, rather, in 1 John 4, 20, goes on to say, how can we love, build the kingdom of God who we can't see and hate the person we see? How can you build up the kingdom of God and you don't know God, you haven't seen God, rather, but you can not love a person you can see? You see what that person needs. You see what the challenge is there. How can you not try to help that person through that challenge? But you want to do all this stuff. I just want to do something for God. I just want to do something big for God. Do something for somebody you can see right now. (laughs) To love someone like a brother, we must first see them as family. Write it down. To love somebody as a brother or sister, we have to see them as family. The first way that happens, the first part of that discovery, if you will, is for, <laughs> this is really, it's really, really simple. You got to realize if that's your brother or, and your sister, then you have the same parents. See, that's real simple, but it's yet profound. In order to be brothers and sisters, you got to have the same parents. So why would you think that you're a child of God, but I can't be? John 8, 38, 42. Jesus says, I speak which I have seen of my father, and you do that which you have seen of your father. Jesus said, I say what I've seen my father do, but you do what you see your father do. Hmm. So Jesus only speaks, this is what he's telling us, he only speaks what he has witnessed and experienced in the presence of his father in heaven. People, us, folk do the things you've seen your fathers do. Uh, on, our, on our day off Monday, me and Pastor out, it was a beautiful day. And so um, <clears throat> I was sitting out in the sun watching people just enjoying the day in the sunshine. And I saw this, this young uh, black family. But first, first I just saw the father and the son. He must have been in his late 20s, 30s, whatever. And he had, he had his ball cap on. He had a little son about this tall. And he had the same cap on, same shoes. And he's walking right behind his dad. And his dad had his hand in his pocket. And every, he was walking just like him. Everything, everything he did, little boy did. I, was, I said, man, look at that. And, and, and so uh, a few minutes later, I was sitting and, and the whole family came by. And I said, man, I said, man, I saw your son, man. He, he was imitating everything you do, man. Every little move you made, he was doing that. See, you need to understand, this is what people do. That's normal. If you're going to be a father, you need to be mindful that your children are going to watch what you're doing and do what you're doing. It doesn't matter what you say. They're going to do what they see you do. And this is what Jesus is telling us, that if if God is your father, watch what he's doing. If God is your father, keep your eyes on him. There are certain things we wouldn't do if we keep our eyes on our father in heaven. Because God ain't doing that. (laughs) Yeah, 
Yeah. In other words, DNA don't lie. DNA does not lie. You can say all you want, that ain't your daddy, while you're standing there looking just like him. Verse 39, they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto him, if Abraham, watch this now, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. If Abraham was your daddy, you would do just like Abraham does. This is a strong indictment. I hope you hear this with the spirit of God. Jesus is telling some people, the Jewish people in that era and that time frame, who, and some still believe this, and this is not, I'm not attacking anybody, I'm not an anti-Semite, but I, I, listen, there are some Jewish people that think everybody else is worthless that's not a Jew. I remember, again, one of my experiences wasn't traumatic or anything, but it gives me insight. When we were in Jerusalem, and I came out of what is known or called the upper room, and I was taking a picture, and I backed down and kind of nailed down. And this big old guy <laughs> almost knocks me over and says something harsh to me in Hebrew. And then the guide said something back to him. Our guide said something back to him in Hebrew. And I said, what did he say? He said, I don't worry about it. I said, no, what did he say? He said, don't worry about it, Pastor. I said, no, what did he say? Well, he said, get out of my way, dog. Because if you're a non-Jew to some hardcore sternly practicing Jews, you're nothing. You're nothing if you're not a Jew. You're nothing because you're not in covenant with God. You can't know God. God's not for you. This is the mentality of many of those type of stern believers of Judaism. So when Jesus says to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. That was a strong statement. What you talking about? You know, let me let me put it in another <laughs> cultural vernacular. It's back in the day, back in the 70s. It's probably not like that now. Back in the 70s, you know, I got, we got some brothers in here. Back in the 70s, you couldn't say nothing about a black man's mama. Your mama, what? It's a fight. It, I, I, it's just a fight. It's just on. It's just a fight. Automatic. Just fight. And, and, and this, is, this, is, this is the picture I'm trying to paint for you. Jesus said, Abraham ain't your daddy. What? Now watch what they say. And again, Jesus makes the point about that in verse 40. They said, but now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Jesus said, you're trying to kill me. Abraham, Abraham wouldn't do that. <laughs> verse uh, John eight fifty six, Jesus says, your father, Abraham, rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. Abraham was looking for me. Here I am and you don't even care about me. In fact, you're trying to kill me. Abraham didn't act like you're acting. Hmm. Verse 41. You do the deeds of your father. Uh oh, he's really going after him now. Then said they unto him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. See how to hear the pride. See the pride. Just because we were born as Jewish people, we got a market on what's right. 
was holy. We know God. Nobody else knows God but us. And we're special. This is what they're saying. I'm going to read it again. Jesus said, you do the deeds of your father. You do what your real daddy is doing. Then they said unto him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. They claimed undeniable allegiance to Jehovah as his special people. Yet they loved God and hated other people, especially non-Jews. Verse 42, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, now he's coming straight at them. If God were your father, you would love me. If God were your father, Jesus said, you would love me for I came out of the father, God. He says, I didn't come of myself, but he sent me. In other words, Jesus says, if God were your father, you would have his love in you. If God were your father, you would have his love in you because the life of the body is in the blood. So since God is your father, if he's your father, then, and then the DNA of God is in you, the blood of God. You would have the same love for me that the father has for me because I'm a child of God just like you. Do you hear what I'm saying? How can we not love another child of God? How can we continue to have problems with each other and we're all children of God? How can we, this is 2022, how can Baptists still have a problem with Methodists and church have a uh, God, have a problem with church of God in Christ and assembly of God? Have, how can we continue to have these same challenges and issues if we all are children of God? It has to be doctrines of demons and a, and a strategic plan of the enemy to keep us separated, to keep us divided. First John five, one, first John five, one, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah has been born of God. Everyone who loves the father also loves his children. Have you ever noticed that? In your life, in your family, in the people, you know, if they love you, they love your children. They'll buy your children gifts. Remember, remember your children's birthday because they love you. Nobody's going to love you and hate your children. That's not a healthy person. If people love you nine times out of ten, they're going to love your children. That's how you can tell people who really love you because if somebody don't love your children, they don't love you either. Somebody just got some help on that. See, write this down, please. Where there is no love of Christ, where there is no love of Christ, there can be no regeneration. Where there is no love of Christ, there can be no change in your life. You can't be changed. You can't be transformed. If you don't love Jesus, he's the one that transforms our lives. If you don't love him, you, ain't, you go to church, you'll never be changed. Sit up in church and you ain't changed 20 years. You don't love God. Let me finish the statement. So where there is no love of Christ, there can be no regeneration. 
And if you're not regenerated, then you're not born again. And if you ain't born again, you ain't saved. And if you're not saved, God can't be your father. I'm going to read it again. You need to hear this. Meditate on this. Where there is no love of Christ, there can be no regeneration. If you're not regenerated, then you're not born again. If you're not born again, then you're not saved. And if you're not saved, God ain't your father. That's a powerful statement. See, twins can be separated at birth and uh, one raised in Asia and the other one raised in Sweden. They'll grow up with different traditions. They'll talk differently, have a different language. They'll dress differently. There'll be so many things different about them. But they're still brothers. Why? Because of the blood. They're still brothers or sisters. They're still brothers because of the blood that flows through them. But because of the enemy's <laughs> desire to keep the church separated, we look at the outside. See, we light skin in our family and he dark skin. Ridiculous stuff. See, we still got our hair, but he bald. That's the kind of stuff we look at. He talks different. They wear different clothes. That doesn't mean they can't be your brother or your sister. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I hope you hear what I'm saying. You're letting the devil make external things be what you focus on to bring people into your family when it's the blood, something you can't see that makes you your brother or sister. It's the blood. It's the blood. Like Dr. King said, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, the most segregated time in the United States of America is on a Sunday morning where all the people get together to look like each other and ignore the blood, the true body. Oh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the revival that's about to happen Thursday. I mean, Friday, Saturday and Sunday in this church where we are fellowshipping and bringing people in that don't look like us because they're our brother and our sister. Their music may be a little different, but that doesn't mean anything. They are our brothers and our sisters. I hope you come out because you're going to miss something if you just hang around people that look like you all the time. What makes us brothers and sisters is on the inside. Look at somebody and tell them that. What makes us brothers and sisters is on the inside. It's not what's on the outside. It's crazy. It's amazing that we still don't have this understanding and this revelation in 2022. Brotherhood and sisterhood is a blood issue. And let me just say it like this. Let me just say it like this. All of us that have natural, <laughs> all of us that have natural brothers and sisters, you ain't had nothing to do with your brothers and sisters anyway. Your parents did. <laughs> we, we had nothing to do with our brothers and sisters being here. Our parents did. Nothing. You can't, you, 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 you they're your brother, period. They're your sister, period. Now, I know this, you know, we, we, we you will have prayer maybe at the end. Some of us got some brothers and sisters that we just keep us praying. 
So as we talked about this Sunday, Satan has been working overtime, really, really hard to divide mankind by introducing different doctrines of devils to attempt to reclassify what a human being is. We see that today like never before, where, where, where boys can say, well, I think I'm a girl tomorrow. See the devil in this. See the devil in this, where people change who God says they are so they can change who they love. Got a whole segment, unfortunately, seeming, seemingly a whole growing segment of society that tells you and I they get to love who they want to love. It's quiet in this public library tonight. No, we don't get to choose who we love when it comes to changing your gender. Ah. Acts 17, 26. God made of one blood every nation of men that dwell upon the face of the earth. Mm. There is no different kinds of blood. There's one blood. And we all have that one blood. So a, a, a black man can get a transfusion from a white man and a yellow man can get a transfusion from a white man because it's one blood. You got the same blood type. It's amazing, but you got people still today think they're better than other people. Jesus said we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Let's go further. All right, that was the recap. The scribes and Pharisees, but particularly the scribes, they were also called lawyers. They're the ones that studied the scriptures and gave the interpretation. Uh, they listed the commandments, the Ten Commandments, as either heavy or light. They classified them. Here we go. So, so the heavier commandments uh, that were classified heavier from the law of Moses were the ones that carried greater authority and, of course, greater punishment if they were ignored or broken. This is what the scribes did. The scribes said, okay, we got some heavy commandments. We got some lightweight commandments. If you break a heavy commandment, you're going to pay a heavy penalty and a heavy punishment. But then there are some that's just lightweight. You know, that's what we like to do, don't you? Oh, let me help you. Let me help you. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know how you go through and classify sin? Well, this sin ain't as bad as that sin, so you don't feel that bad about it. But it's a sin. You, we don't get to classify the sin that's little or big. It's a sin. Jesus died for all sin, big, medium-sized, little. Why? Because sin takes you to hell. So you, you, we should not classify sin as small so you can keep doing it. Just look straight ahead. So the scribes went as far as to break down the law into 248 <laughs> affirmative precepts. 248. Corresponding to the number of members in the human body. And 365 negative precepts, as many as there are days in a year. The total being 613, which is, which is the number of the letters in the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments. See how detailed they got? They broke this thing down. They broke it down. <laughs> well, Jesus throws all that aside and simply says in Matthew 20, 240, 
All of Moses's teaching and the prophets depend on these two commandments. See, they broke it down. Jesus broke down. They break down. This is why you got to listen to Jesus. Because man will sound real smart. 248 plus 3 and 6. Man, yeah, 3 and 6, 5 days. Yeah, he's, oh man, yeah, 613. I, yeah, that's, that makes sense to me. No, forget all that. Jesus said, all of Moses' teaching and the prophets hang on these two commandments. <laughs> let's unpack what that looks like to you and I. Let's just, let's just reduce this. Let's take it from universal for now and let's bring it right to this this fellowship hall, this this church sanctuary, this church um, meeting, this Wednesday night teaching here at Christian Faith Fellowship Church. Let me put it in your lap as a member of this local fellowship. Let's unpack this and see what this really looks like to you as a member. If I love God, I also love his people. I love my brothers and sisters in Christ. Pretty basic, pretty simple. Okay. That also means I love my pastor. So I'll help him accomplish the will of God. I'm not going to be just someone that comes and says, amen, puts two, three dollars in everything. No, no, no. I love God. I love my church and I love my pastor. (laughs) I won't let him come to church by himself, unlock the doors turn the lights on, turn the sound system on, turn the TV cameras on. I'm not going to let him do all of that because I love him. He has a role to play and I need to make sure he functions in the role God called him to play. So then I need to find out what my role and responsibility is so I can do that because that shows my love. If I love God, I love the elders and the deacons. I love them. It doesn't matter because I wanted to be one. I ain't one yet. or whatever. No, no, no. I love the ones that are currently elders and deacons. I'm not going to let the, them, just few of them do all the praying, all the hospital visits and all the ministry to the saints because I love them and I don't want them to get worn out and burnt out. So I'm going to do my part because I love them because I love God. I'm not going to let the same people usher. I'm not going to let the same people sing all the time. I'm not going to let the same people worship all the time. Because I love them. We're the body. I'm not going to go to the gym and work out my right side all only. See how ridiculous that look? It'd be more ridiculous if this side get all big and swole. And this side, I'm dragging it around because it's weak. You don't love your body if you're going to just let certain parts get strong. You don't love your church if you just let certain parts get weak and talk about it and say, I don't know why they ain't done nothing yet. Because you're supposed to do something. This is what it looks like to unpack this body mentality when there's a funeral. I'm not going to just let the seniors do all the cooking. Somebody say, man. Sisters, I'm not going to just let all the seniors do all the cooking. Uh, you know, I'm going to say it one more time and I'm going to leave it alone. 
Because it, 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 you know, it just, it, it, it touched me when I came in that Friday before the funeral and the mother's down there cooking. Mother Hayes down there with a walker. 90 years old. She just turned 90, you know, God bless her. But somebody, 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 some sister in her 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. You ain't got to say amen. I'm telling the truth anyway. If you love your church, if you love God, these are things that you do. Hmm. Again, this is what it looks like in real time to love your neighbor. Mother, you need to sit down. I'm going to take over for you. Now watch this. I'm finishing. There's a reason. God has a reason for everything. There's a reason God tells us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves and to love our brothers and sisters, our family. There's a reason. See, because the people we tend to harm the most are people we spend the most time around. E.g. our neighbors and our brothers and sisters. This is why brothers and sisters fight more because you are always around each other. You grew up together. You was after that same chicken leg. <laughs> I remember my boldest brother back in the day. Some of y'all, you know, I'm going to date myself. Back in the day, how many of y'all remember Flag Brothers? My oldest brother, he was, he was clean. He the stacks and the Flag Brothers and the wide bell bottoms and the flop hat. And I just wanted to be cool like my brothers. I would, he would go off and I would sneak away his stuff. Man, he get so mad. Because I, I, I was young. I didn't really know how to take care of it. And so, you know, he spent his hard-earned money. So he, sometimes he would beat me up if mom wasn't around. Don't you wear my stuff no more, boy. But I wanted to be so cool that that whooping didn't bother me because I wanted to just be cool. See, it's the people that were around the most that we're challenged the most with in our relationships. <laughs> it's the people that we're around the most that we have a tendency to hurt the most. But conversely, it's the people that we're around the most that we have the opportunity to love the most. I'm going to say that again. It's the people we're around the most that we have the potential and the opportunity to do the most for. So we have to come back to church to be around our neighbors and our brothers and sisters so we learn how to treat people. Because if you learn how to treat your neighbor and your brother and your sister, it's easy to treat a stranger, right? It's easy to love a stranger. If you can't love somebody you're around all the time, you know you can't stand people. Say lie. Tell somebody, you teaching me how to love other people. You might get on my nerve, but I ain't, I'm still coming to church. I'm going to still pray with you. We're still going to work together because God is using this relationship that we have to help us lo love the world. If we can't love each other in here, we can't love nobody out there. 
If we can't forgive each other in here, we won't forgive people out there. We're learning how to really love like God loves when we love our neighbor as ourselves, and we love our brothers and our sisters, even though they keep wearing our clothes. And give it back to you. Won't even put it in the cleaner. Just give it back to you smelling just like them. Amen. Once we learn. Stand on your feet, please. Once we learn. How to properly love those closest to us. It becomes easier to love people we barely know and people we don't know at all. Bow your heads, please. We are the body of Christ. Members in particular. Jesus has made us one with himself. Tall, short, college educated or not. Black, white, red, brown, yellow. From America, the islands, Germany, Africa, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We need each other. The enemy wants us to be divided. He's doing everything he can to get us to tear each other up and tear apart from each other. I refuse to allow that to happen. In order for us to not let that happen, we have to learn how to walk in humility and tell people we're sorry. Repent. You're my brother. You're my sister. Our relationship is way more valuable than the $20 you ain't paid me back 20 years ago. I want us to be family. I want the anointing to flow through us to change the world. There is no other entity on the planet that can show the world who Jesus is other than the church. Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. A glorious church. Hallelujah. A glorious church without spot, blemish, wrinkle, or any such thing. There's glory in us that it's time for it to come out so the world can be impacted by the true church, the true body of Christ. Father, I thank you for the anointing of your word, the anointing that's on your word, the anointing that's in this place, the anointing on the word I just taught that is transforming lives, that is changing lives for time and eternity. I thank you for the people that will repent because they say they love you and they realize they don't love other people. Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us for being religious. Forgive us for being separatists. Forgive us for building up just our group, just our denomination, just our fellowships. Forgive us for not thinking about the entire universal global body of Christ. Change our hearts. Fill us. Cause us to grow in knowledge and grace so we can show the world the power of the body of Christ. 
In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward, and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.